Hello. 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 <laughs> Hi. There's a new voice today. Welcome to the Book Squad podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Happy well, to be here. Welcome, Leah. We should say who that yeah. is. <laughs> welcome, random person. Mystery guest. Mm-hmm. Mystery guest. Leah is a colleague of ours who works in the Reader Services Department. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to invite her on today to chit chat with us about books and then talk to us about Booktoberfest. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later. Okay. Uh, we're in a new podcast <laughs> studio today with like new microphones. So yeah, we're getting used to this new space. So apologies if we're more uh, awkward and obnoxious than usual. <laughs> a little extra. Yeah. I, I like literally just felt like I heard all the molecules in my lungs <laughs> take air in. That's how good this microphone and headphones. I'm are. a little frightened of them. If I'm if I'm yeah. being honest. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we like to start out with holds list, honeys. So that's what we're gonna do today. These are books that you should put on hold and that we're excited for them to come out or both, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking at my phone. That's why I was silent. Okay. I'm looking at my notes. All right. Well, then um, you got me on here first, so I'll go ahead and first. So I just, I wanted to say, if you didn't already know, because we talked about Colleen Hoover a lot last time. Oh, we've talked about her before. many times, I, I feel like. <laughs> You guys, um, there goes that breathing again. So um, it starts with us. Is her next book that comes out? Does it come out in October? Yes, mm-hmm. next month. It already has 44 holds on it. Yeah. Oh my y'all. Gosh. So um, get on hold for that. If you didn't know it was coming, if yep. you're a fan, you probably do. But if you're like, I want to get on that train, uh, get on that now because it's got 44 holds. But I'm really excited about Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng is coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... Is that her third novel? I think so. I think it's yeah. her third. So I know I've raved about everything I never told you on the podcast before. So I'm very excited for this one. This is um, maybe like a dystopian future Ooh. where, um, uh, I mean, it's kind of ripped from the headlines, but it's uh, where um, Asian Families are allowed to be separated in order to have a more um, balanced, you know, community uh, (laughs) and their um, books are allowed to be uh, suppressed if they're considered, you know, not good for Americans. So um, librarians are a little bit underground in this book or a lot underground. Uh, So, of course, that. You know, that strikes close to my heart. So I'm yeah. very interested to read this. And I just, I love how she does family dramas. Um, I was so. going to say, is dystopian her usual fare? Mm-hmm. No, no. Okay. So That's this interesting. Is, yeah. Um, so this is the first, it's kind of interesting because I feel like her first book was just this family. <clears throat> and then the, her second book was kind of a whole community. Yeah. And now this third book is going to be like, about the state of the world, America in particular. So I'm, I like it. It's yeah, gutsy. I'm yeah. interested in her like reaching that way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I just say that I wish this podcast had a video element so that everyone could have watched my face and Leah's as you were <laughs> describing that book of just like varying Ooh. levels of intrigued, but also horrified. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, um, you know, I might be like, oh, why did I? 
why did I dive into this little piece of sort of reality, (laughs) but sort of not. Uh, But yeah, that one's coming out also, I believe, in October. So I am am currently on hold for it. I'm intrigued. You should get on hold for it. (laughs) Um, The one that I'm really excited about is kind of a cheat because it's a sequel. So you have to read the first one uh, first. Oh. (laughs) Is it? We're going to talk about the same one? No, no. Okay, good. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) Um, Mine is Less is Lost by Andrew Sean Greer. I read Less maybe last year or the year before, not really sure. Um, But that one is about a author who's queer, who just kind of as a way to rediscover himself and just like reinvigorate his career travels everywhere and does a lot of um, author events. And um, yeah, this is just the sequel. And it's like a, an expansion of his life. And this is one of those books, a friend of mine, a friend of the podcast, Meredith, she, her review of this one said that this is a book that won the Pulitzer that deserves the Pulitzer. And I, I happen to agree with that, but really, really, really charming. It's one of those books that makes you really care about a perhaps a, a privileged perspective you weren't <laughs> expecting to care about. Okay. Um, because he is just a middle-aged white dude, but um, he's really, really compelling. Uh, I haven't met a single person who read less and did not completely adore it. So I am greatly looking to spend a little bit more time with this character. Oh, awesome. Well, I thought Adam was going to talk about the same one that I'm going to talk about <laughs> because I know we both read the first one. Um, but you bailed on it, didn't you? The Atlas Six? I definitely did. I'm planning on revisiting it, okay. though. So The Atlas Six by Olivia Blake was the first, and I think it's going to be a trilogy. And the sequel, The Atlas Paradox, comes out next month on the 25th. Um This book has an interesting story because it was uh, self-published and then went wild on TikTok and Bookstagram. And then it was picked up by, I believe, Tor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, one of the biggest publishing houses in fantasy, um, it got their attention because of it exploding on social media. And now the sequel's coming out, and I'm excited to read it. It's fun. It's dark academia fantasy um, about these magical people who go to this school to learn all about this ancient library full of magic. So it was great. I loved it. Adam, not so much, maybe? No, I really, really enjoyed it. I just had to return it. Okay. Oh. (laughs) Like, I'm, yeah. That happens. I Mm -hmm. was really upset. But I returned it because there were a lot of holds and I respect that. And I did consider maybe, quote unquote, losing it, but I didn't. (laughs) I brought it back (laughs) and on time. (laughs) 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 Yeah. We we didn't talk about this last time, but the when we talked about the romance episode, we talked about, you know, the TikTok explosion. Mm -hmm. And I know that... um, the next one, the a one just like that in romance, which was this, uh, Ali the Hazelwood, Spanish, I think. No, well, not Ali Hazelwood. It's the other one who did the, the Spanish wedding deception or the, I think that was it. Um, and now she's doing like the American roommate experiment is the next yeah. one. I'm totally blanking on her name, but it was the, the show same notes. thing where she, yep, show knows. She like self-published it and then it got picked up. Yeah. And, you know, it has like 25,000 reviews on Amazon. I, 
I just love those stories because, I mean, is there a bigger dream for an author than yeah. self-publishes a book and yeah. then have that happen? It seems yeah. like something that That's would, what happened yeah. to Wool, too, right? I oh, yeah. I that was like a, a story for Wool. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even, that was like pre-social media craze right. days. Mm-hmm. That was just like, you know, on whatever platforms that these authors put their work out there for people to read. It just yeah. got such great feedback. Mm-hmm. And then it was picked up by... Simon and Schuster, I think. Yeah, so. might have been. I think it was like, I thought I remember reading they were selling it for like 99 cents per yeah. and, you know, they made like a million dollars. Well, and he was a <laughs> Hugh he was in charge of his own. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's kind of been a big advocate in this shift from like uh, self-published authors when a publishing house picks them up. They want to keep those royalties for uh, like eBooks and such. Mm -hmm. And of Mm -hmm. course, you know, publishing houses don't like that as much, but um, he's been a powerful force in getting them to maintain author rights. Um, Very cool. Very cool. you're going to get like extra two book minimum. So lucky for everybody else. Uh, I'm going to go ahead, jump in book lovers by Emily Henry. The hype is real. It's very charming. Told you. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I know. And we, we've all read, we have all read this one and it was incredibly charming. I do want to go back and read her other books now. um, And maybe there's a chance of getting my hands on that. because uh, everybody's now reading book lovers, but it was really wonderful. The writing was great. The relationship, the story is that um, the main character is very close with her sister. Um, Her sister wants to take a break and uh, get away from everything. Main character is a literary agent who is, you know, very self-aware of herself as a trope in literature, like the very sharkish, um, very sharp uh, career woman. And so they take this little vacation and she runs into a man that she detests on vacation in a very charming small town. Um, So... What are the odds? What are the odds? (laughs) I just, I loved the self-awareness of the book. Like, you know, the meta-ness of reading that book while you're like, you're aware, the author is aware that the character is aware of what's happening and it works really well. And the dialogue is wonderful. And I even cried a little bit. I won't say when, but I did cry. I haven't cried for a while reading a book, so that was good. And then um, second book, it's an oldie, um, but a goodie, Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed, who is also Dear Sugar. Um, and now used to have a, her own just Dear Sugar column, and now she has a podcast with a gent that I cannot remember his name. But um, I forgot how much I love Dear Sugar. And I was reintroduced to her through um, another podcast, uh, which I'll talk about later. But um, Tiny Beautiful Things, it's just kind of her, some of her best advice compiled into one book. And she's an, an incredible advice giver and a wonderful writer and um, loved it. Wanted to just put that back out there in the world again, that Tiny Beautiful Things exists and people <laughs> should pick it up because it's really lovely. 
Okay, so my two picks. Uh, the first one is the last book I read, uh, Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia Armfield. I could have sworn I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I went through all the show notes and I didn't, according to me. So, <laughs> um, but what if you lied to yourself? Uh, what if I? What if I lied? What if, what you if you I did forgot? a whole ten minute bit on it the last <laughs> podcast and? I'm sorry for accidentally gaslighting everyone who's listening. I really don't think I did it, though. Um, Yeah, but this book is, it's speculative. A lot of people have referenced it as horror. I would say maybe it's horror adjacent. It's not strictly horror. I think Mm -hmm. we have it cataloged just in general fiction in our collection. But it's about two women who are married and one is, I believe, a marine biologist or she works something like... She studies like the sea and things like that. Um, And she has a pretty standard exhibition where she's going underwater to do some studies and things go awry and she's gone for much longer than her team had intended to be. And when she returns, she's different. So this is definitely one of those books that is more about a relationship and about love and about what people bring into your life and what you bring to their lives in metaphor. So it's speculative in that sense, but it's not like, there's a lot that happens within it that you could say is either magical realism or just kind of the author being pretty with the way she deals with um, certain things. But it is, um, it's really beautifully written like truly one of the most gorgeously written books I've I've come across in a while um very heartfelt very heartbreaking uh really 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 wonderful you it feels claustrophobic like the entire Mm -hmm. time like I would have to stop reading because like it could feel like my chest kind of clench up because she said that because I would not read it yeah yeah yeah. I can't do that which like it's just she does such a good job at setting the atmosphere. Um, but a trigger warning right there. Yeah. So just like, if you were like maybe really sensitive to like claustrophobic books, maybe avoid, but also maybe give it a shot anyways. It's really good. <laughs> um, the next one is a complete polar opposite. It's Just By Looking at Him by Ryan O'Connell. Ryan O'Connell, if you recognize his name, he did, oh gosh, I believe the show is called Special. It's like short show. I think it was only one season. Um, He is a uh, gay man who's worked in, I believe, like the TV industry and other things like that. And he is a disability advocate because he himself has a disability. So a lot of his work centers on what it's like to be a gay man with a disability and how he fits within all of these different realms. Um, but this one is about a, uh, a guy who has a very, very loving, wonderful relationship and he's just kind of bored. Um, so it's kind of like the shenanigans he gets involved in. It's definitely a, a later in life, like later as in like 30s, coming of age story. He's really, really, really funny. This one made me laugh a lot. Um, it's very relatable. I think especially if you're a millennial, this is just one of those books that you're like, hey, now stop it. <laughs> like uh, too relatable, too much. Uh, don't don't read passages of, of my diary to everyone in the entire world, Ryan and Colin. That's not fair. Um, highly recommend it. 
definitely has its ups and downs just because the character is not necessarily likable and makes really poor decisions. Part of the story is just like allowing him to make poor decisions and just dealing with it. But the ending is very, very, very hopeful. And it makes me, I just like think about it sometimes. I'm like, oh, that was a really good ending. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, highly recommend anything that he does. He's really, um, really entertaining creator for sure. That sounds good. I might, I might even like it. I, it's. That's even though I am not a millennial. Yeah, no, he's just, it's wonderful because part of it is um, to kind of like figure himself out. He hires a sex worker and the way that is portrayed is very, it's not stigmatizing at all. It's just very, I don't know, it's really good conversations. There's a lot of good conversations in this book. It's like the kissing quotient. Mm -hmm. That's why it was just like, oh wait. The kiss quotient. How did I get that title? I'm I'm so embarrassed, you guys. (laughs) I can't even... Nobody's perfect. It's okay. I can't believe I sent the wrong title of one of my favorite books. Um, (laughs) That's a funny sound. It's like a a whine. Um, I guess it's my turn. Yes. Uh, It's your turn, Leah. I'm not technically finished with one of them that I'm going to talk about. Um, The World That We Knew. (laughs) By Alice Hoffman. But I mean, Polly can vouch. Like, I'm... Towards the very end, I'm reading it for Speculative Fiction Book Club, and I love it. It's so good. Unless it completely goes off the rails, like, I'm going to give it a five out of five. So um, this is historical speculative fiction about the uh, Nazi occupation of France during World War II. Um, The speculative element comes in because they create a golem, which comes from Jewish folklore, um, as a means of protecting uh, a young girl who is desperately fleeing the Nazis. And I, this is the first Alice Hoffman book I've read. I never read Practical Magic. I feel like everybody has been on this Alice Hoffman train for decades, <laughs> except for me. Um, but I just love this. But I do feel like this is quite a bit different than what she usually does. Um, but I'm not sure about that. I'll have to explore her other works to know for sure. Yeah. Um, but I just, it's so I mean, beautifully obviously written. the magical element is, right. seems to be a thread through. Right. But does she do historical, like, it, like pretty impeccably researched mm. historical, like combined you know, with magic? I didn't read Practical Magic, even though it is one of my favorite, favorite movies. Love, love that movie. And I will say, I have the, the scuttlebutt is that it's, the movie's actually better than the book, which is generally not the case. Very That's rare. what I hear, though. Yeah. Maybe it's wrong. I, I mean, don't know. It wouldn't totally shock me because the movie is almost very good. perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, but I did wonder because I too loved this book and I thought the writing was incredible. And I so thought, good. well, what about Practical Magic? I mean, is it just because it doesn't have Sandra Bullock? In the book? Right. I don't know. Yeah. She makes everything better, you know. But uh, anyways. Well, it's just, it's expertly paced, just really flawless storytelling. It's very narrative heavy. There's not a whole lot of dialogue, but I kind of like that sometimes as mm-hmm. long as like the prose is good and it is. Um, yeah, I'm just loving it. And I would even go so far as to say that like read likes for it would definitely be All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. Everybody mm-hmm. loves that book. Right, right. And also... Um, the Gollum and the Jinn by oh, Helene Wecker. Yeah. yeah. Polly and I both love both of those books yeah. too. So um, this checked a lot of those similar boxes for me. So 
like I said, pending a five out of five stars. <laughs> Almost finished with it, pretty certain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just wanted to get this author named A.G. Slatter on everybody's radar, um, also also known as Angela Slatter. Um, she writes gothic dark fantasy and I've noticed that her books don't ever have a lot of holds on them and they're wonderful. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm always putting them on my staff picks. Um, her most recent one, Path of Thorns, was wonderful. The one before that is called All the Murmuring Bones. I loved it too, but I always enjoy seeing like an author's like maturation journey. Like All the Murmuring Bones was kind of like meandering and the plot was just kind of all over the place, but it was a lot of fun. Loved it. Um, But then The Path of Thorns was just like so much more cohesive and uh, both take place in this like fantasy world that kind of resembles like Victorian London, um, but the countryside really. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like, it's not fairy tale retellings it's more of her borrowing from fairy tales and mashing them all together into stories and they're dark and gritty and wonderful and I want everybody to read an A.G. Slatter book rather that be All the Murmuring Bones or The Path of Thorns pick one yes (laughs) ma'am I will do it I just put both on hold (laughs) please darn it Okay. Oh wait, I have the Ark of the Path of Thorns at my desk. Great. I'm I will give it to you. I will take that from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so two book minimum. Uh Book Lovers by Emily Henry, Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strait, Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia Armfield, Just Looking at Him by Ryan O'Connell. Um what? <laughs> The first one I talked about? Yeah. Uh, the World That We the Knew. The World That We Knew by Alice Hoffman <laughs> and The Path of Thorns by A.G. Slatter. Very good. There you go. Six books. Go get them, you guys. Okay. So, Bookish Spotlight. This episode, we are featuring Booktoberfest because... Mm-hmm. Apparently, October is in a minute. Mm-hmm. Maybe by the time you hear this, it will be in a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. I don't know, <laughs> but it's coming really fast. Uh, and that's why we invited Leon to talk a little bit, a lot about the stuff that we have coming up because we're super excited about it. This is the second annual Booktoberfest. Yep. That's right. Um, we've got some familiar favorites from last year, some like recurring events that we like to do in the fall, but then also a couple of really special things that will only happen in the second annual Booktoberfest that you won't want to miss. Um, we're kicking things off appropriately on October 1st, which is a Saturday. That's going to be the night of Haunted Stacks which we had for the first time last year. This is an after-hours party at the library on that Saturday. It starts at 7 p.m. and goes until 9. Um, This is a lot of fun. We're going to have Lawrence Beer Company here to the tune of free, by the way. Uh, Uh And we're going to have a really fun scavenger hunt going on. There's going to be music. Yeah. Yeah. So um, snacks. Snacks. Some other fun things. Fun times. It's right. just, and honestly, it's just pretty fun to be like in the library after hours. Yeah. yeah. Even for people who work here, it's kind of fun to be here when the yeah, lights it's are really down cool. and everything is different. Yeah. And I will say costumes not required. 
but encouraged. Yeah. It was really fun last year, and Haunted Stacks was a lot closer to Halloween last year, mm-hmm. so I think it was easier, but, you know, we're telling you now. Mm-hmm. Get your costumes early so you can come. Well, I think this is great for those people like me who literally the middle of September comes and I'm just like, oh my God, is it Halloween yet? <laughs> like people who already have their costumes and are just like dying to wear them somewhere. Like this is your night. Well, um, I love that, you know, you can get a couple wears out of it. It's yeah. not your, because right. I'm sure if you're a person who dresses up, you're going to have other places to go close to Halloween. So Hopefully some of our other Booktoberfest events. You're welcome, <laughs> everyone, for that. Uh, All right, what else do we got going Okay, on? so then um, about a week after that, we're going to have book club speed dating. That's something that is a recurring event that we do all the time. And that's going to be um, on Wednesday, October 12th at 7 p.m. We're having that at Artera this year instead of Maselli's. Um, this is an event where you can come with your book club or not with your book club. It doesn't really matter. And um, members of the book squad and also the Raven uh, are going to sit down and pitch to you four books in five minutes. And we're going to do that in a rotation. And you're going to have so many books by the time you leave that would be great book club picks. And there's going to be snacks and the bar is going to be open. And it's going to be a lot of fun, like it always is. Usually a lot of fun giveaways. We give away a ton of advanced reader copies. Mm -hmm. And you get a chance to win some of the juiciest ones. Right. Um, It's really fun. And I think we'll be, I mean, maybe some of you are devoted fans who've been to a bunch of um, book club speed datings. And last year, the last couple of them have been altered for COVID reasons, but this year we plan to be back in our normal format, Mm -hmm. which is very fun, very exciting. So I'm very looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, And so those two events are kind of the uh, Oktoberfest staples that we'll probably have for every Oktoberfest. And then the ones following that are going to be the kind of like special this year only ones. Um, the first one is Dracula Daily. That's going to be on October 20th at 7 p.m. here in the auditorium at LPL. And the Dracula Daily, if you're not familiar, is something a man named Matt Kirkland started. And Polly, maybe you can. Yeah. Um, so it is a, an online phenomenon where. Um, the, so the tale of Dracula is told as a series of letters. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what Matt did was just kind of brilliant is he just posted like, so on the day the letter would have been written, he just posts it to, um, his blog, to the blog. Yeah. You can sign up to get get the emails. It's like Um, an actual correspondence. It's very cool. Yeah. So you just get those on the same day the characters in the book would be getting those or writing them, I guess. Who knows how long things took back in e oldy days to get where they were going. That's not the point of the story. But um, so he's going to come. He's going to talk about that project that um, apparently, I can't remember the numbers, but the first year was pretty modest. And then he got picked up, um, Substack, like featured his blog and then then it was on NPR and so it really picked up and a bunch of memes have been made and um so it's become a very popular thing so we're gonna have some fun things surrounding that um and he'll be there to talk about his project and we're gonna do some fun things with it 
Yeah, and then Amir. And he's local, six, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's important. <laughs> that's isn't the it? important thing. He's a local dude. So, yeah. Um, not too far after that, we're having a super big event on October 26th, which I believe is a Thursday. Is it a Wednesday or a Thursday? I think it's a Thursday. I think it's a Thursday. Yeah. Also at 7 p.m. in the auditorium, uh, the incomparable Sarah Peretsky is coming. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be talking about her writing process and some of her more recent books that she's come out with. Is she going to be in conversation with somebody, Polly, or is she just talking? Um, she might be just talking. That's what I thought. And I think she's got some things to say about just recent events and how things are going in libraries. And she is never a dull uh, listen. <laughs> Let me tell you, she is an incredible speaker and she always has some really smart things to say. Well, um, and it seems that folks are pretty excited about that one. We've had lots of questions yeah. and excited comments about it already. So everybody's really looking forward to that. Um, and then this is all going to culminate on October 28th for the Book of Love prom. Dun, da, da, dun, 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 yes. Uh, um, this is going to be so a, a celebration of um, our bookish community, but also of the friends turning 50. Mm-hmm. So they're celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. We're partnering partnering with them to um, put on this great event that's going to be at Venue 1235 in North Lawrence. And it's going to be from 7 to 9 p.m. And there's going to be music and dancing. And again, you're encouraged to either come in costume or in your best 70s attire. Mm-hmm. Not required. 70s yeah. theme, my guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> Get excited. I mean, (laughs) anything, come prom, come 70s prom, come Mm -hmm. 70s, come costume. We don't care. We're just going to have a good time. We're just there to have a good time. And we're here for a good time, not a long time. Two hours. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Two hours and then you got to go home. (laughs) Yeah. The, my favorite Mm -hmm. like little slogan for the book nerd party that we did before we were doing the Toberfest was, uh, ain't no party like a book nerd party because a book nerd party ends at nine. Uh (laughs) Same with book of love prom. So, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be really fun and I'm super excited about it. Yeah. We're going to have a couple great local DJs there who will be kicking out all the seventies jams. And I think, um, there will be opportunities for the prom picture that you wish you would have taken (laughs) instead of the prom picture that you actually took, (laughs) you know, all of those things. So we're really excited and we're very excited to celebrate the Friends and Foundation for 50 years. They have been incredible. They've been raising money for the library, for the programming at this point. They fund pretty much all of our programming, which is incredible. If you know anything about libraries and friends, um, we are so blessed and so lucky to have the friends that we have. It's amazing what they do for us. So definitely we're very excited to celebrate 50 years. So all of these uh, events are all events that we need to register for, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and make sure that the links for all of those are in the show notes so that you can get registered because there is limited space for all of them and we want to make sure that you get to come. So we will have that link for you to get registered today or, you know, whenever you're listening to this. Which for people is today, you know, (laughs) it's there today. Maybe not ours. (laughs) No, I love the time warp of podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
right, so it's time. Yeah, what do we want to talk about? Um, well, you said. Yeah, okay, so all the drama, <laughs> it's going to be old news by now, or maybe there's a new resurgence, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be really happy about that. Mm-hmm. All of the drama behind Don't Worry Darling, Olivia Wilde's newest film, is just, it's giving me life. Can you tell me about it? Because I don't even know what there's all the drama is. There's too much, actually, okay. for me to tell you about. So Google it. One of the best <laughs> things was, though, that I'm obsessed with, is there is a scene, not a scene, like a clip from uh, the Venice Film Festival, and it looks like Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. <laughs> oh, at the like award show or yeah. something? I've been seeing that, but I've only seen like the edited ones. Like there was one where it looked like he threw a goat yeah. into his lap. <laughs> that one's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? That's so funny. Um, but yeah, it, Every representative of the celebrities has been like, no, Harry did not spit on Chris. But it's just really funny that that has become a, a like a scandal. Um, <laughs> Harry, actually, a friend of mine sent a uh, a clip from one of his most recent concerts in New York. And he was just like, hi, I just took a trip to Venice so I could spit on Chris Pine. <laughs> and the entire audience just like burst into laughter. So at least he's in on the joke. <laughs> But yeah, that just all of that drama is just like incredible. What what is the drama though? Like uh, there there truly is too much for me to go over. Okay, right. There's just like a lot of like rumors that Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh hate one another. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of stuff happening. So like actor backstory. Yeah, of. it's just, it's filled with drama. The thing that's mostly giving me life is just all of Chris Pine's faces during the <laughs> Venice Film Festival, which has all been turned into memes. I love um, Chris Pine. I adore Chris I do too. Pine. He's yeah. my favorite Hollywood Chris. He really is. I love, I love everything that he does. Yeah. Well, because the, there's that photo of him and he, he looks really stern and he's sitting there and he's got like the longer blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. And I saw somebody um, added Elizabeth Banks on Twitter and said, man, Elizabeth Banks is looking old. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, yeah, it's just the memes. <laughs> or oh, at one me. point, someone asked Harry what his favorite thing about the film was. And he's just like, oh, my favorite part is that it's like a movie. Like, a proper movie, like, you see in the cinema. And, like, just Chris Pine's face the whole time, like, this professional actor just being like, why is this pop star going on about explaining what a film is? It's just, those are the best bits. There's some, like, not-so-nice drama, but those are the best. Like, I mean, honestly, I think I'm enjoying seeing all of it with zero context. Um, (laughs) That's been kind of interesting, actually. So I think Uh I'll not Google it and just continue as I have been. Yeah. Just live for the Chris Pine memes, everyone. I need to, this is, as soon as we wrap here, I am going to look at all of these memes because I have missed a number of them and... I just want to look at Chris Pine yeah. is what I want to do. That's fair. I love, do you guys love This Means War? Like, have you watched that? Yeah, with Tom Hardy. Yes. And, and Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. That's like one of my favorite movies. It's it's almost like one of my comfort movies that I just put up. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't. Tom I, Hardy and Reese Witherspoon in a movie together. What is it called? Honey, where I know. have you been? This means war. Yeah. This and means it's war. really, really, 
And Chelsea Handler is like Reese Witherspoon's like raunchy best friend. And it's so funny the, <laughs> the way that they sort of relate to each other. Okay. I love it. I love Tom I don't Ryan. know. Adam's looking at me like... I no, this movie. entire time I've been thinking about Chris Pine's uh, house <laughs> in This Means War because it's ridiculous. Oh, wait, That's Chris Pine is in it too? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Okay. He's one of the love interests. Oh, one of the. Okay. It's a, it's a little love triangle. Mm-hmm. Good for Reese. Good for Reese. Oh, so good for Reese. <laughs> and good for us. <laughs> Anyways, mm, let me... Let me move away from that. I'm just so hot in here. <laughs> now I'm going to talk, talk about Ryan Reynolds. So like we're having a moment. Um, so the thing that I'm super into right now is um, Welcome to Wrexham, which is super <gasps> charming. Yes. Oh. Dirk I and I have been so watching much. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Welcome to Wrexham is um, Ryan Reynolds and... Um, Oh, I can't remember his name. John McElhaney. But it's not John. His last name is McElhaney. Rob. I'm so embarrassed. I'm sorry, Rob. He's definitely listening to this. I love you, Rob. (laughs) He's he's definitely going to. I mean, kind of the running joke of of the documentary is how he's like just who he is. And then he's then Ryan Reynolds is like who Ryan Reynolds is. So it's a little bit of a running joke that like. Ryan Reynolds is the actual big deal. And he is. I mean, he's literally just a, a pretty much an almost perfect human being. And if he's not, I don't want to know about it. So please <laughs> right? don't tell me. But Welcome to Wrexham is, um, so Rob and Ryan bought this team, this football team, Wrexham in Wales. And the backstory of why they did it is just lovely and charming. And... um the evolution of them, you know, preparing to buy and buying and then what happens after they buy is playing out over the course of this like documentary. I don't know how many seasons there will be. Maybe it's just the one. Um, So they seem to be dropping like two episodes uh, once a week on Thursday nights. And it's been, it's just been great. I mean, the, the spirit, it's like, you it's know, like t- it's reality like, Ted it's, Lasso. It's, that's what I am. <laughs> yes. exactly what I wrote in my notes. It's yeah. like reality Ted Lasso. Cause it is, um, I mean, just the spirit and like the heart of the f- people who live in Wrexham and who love this game. And if you're a person who's not a sporty person, which I'm not, Leah's a very sporty mm-hmm. person. So can talk to that. You know, I'm, I'm, hardly any sporty bone in my body and it just it it like I understand the love for this sport and the team and and everything about it just watching this show and you know the reason they chose this community was they wanted to give that back to the community because the Wrexham had been going downhill for a while (laughs) so um they wanted to give this back to the community and I think they do a good job too of, you know, just talking about why would two Hollywood stars buy this team mm-hmm. and are they for real? They just like put that right up front. So there yeah. is something like, and I can say this because I'm an American football fan, but there's just something so pure about the European football love. Like, yeah. 
more pure than <laughs> the American right. football love. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Um, the, the roots of it, maybe. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but it is a joy to watch. And I, I can't put my finger on why, but I try not to think about it too much and just enjoy. <laughs> just enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then the quick thing I was going to say to go back to is I had been listening to, oh, or did I say it? that w- The reason I brought up Dear Sugar was I'd been listening to the We Can Do Hard Things podcast with Glennon Doyle. This is a little soccer tie-in. So with Glennon Doyle, um, and Glennon Doyle does the podcast with her wife, Abby, um, who is a soccer player. So, and then a very famous soccer player and her sister, and I'm blanking on her sister's name, but so they do this podcast together and they, you know, it's, I guess it's a bit of a, it's very self-help and um, very thoughtful podcast. What? I'm just looking up Glennon Doyle's wife. <laughs> Why? Well done, both of you. I know. I know. Uh, she is a beautiful. So, and why am I blanking on Abby's last name? Because Wombach? Oh, Abby Wombach. I was like, this is so embarrassing because it's not like I don't know who Abby Wombach is, but like it just escaped me while I was telling you guys the story about the podcast. So um, there's an episode that uh, called um, It's Okay to Want What You Want is the episode that um, Cheryl Strait is on. And that's an incredible episode too. So I'm loving that as well. So feel free to tune into that, see what you find. You talking about an author and his family just made me think about how last week, or no, it was this week, earlier this week, Peter Straub died. And if you don't follow Emma Straub on Twitter, um, she's his daughter, but also in her own right, a very prolific author. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. Yeah. Emma Straub is Peter Straub's daughter. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Long line of talent in that family. Um, But she posted the most beautiful tribute on Twitter. Like we retweeted it as the library. So you could find it on our Twitter as well. It was just so good. And it it made me sad, but happy also. (laughs) I don't know. It was just the sweetest thing I've ever seen. And uh, yeah. Oh. Big loss for the literary world. Yeah. No, I totally, I don't know why. I feel like I told you the other day. (laughs) I think we've established already (laughs) that I probably, right? you probably did. No, because then you were like, because she owns that bookstore too, right? No. Um, That's not Miss Rob? Which That owns that bookstore in New York? Um, Oh, maybe. Pretty sure it is. Show notes for the name <laughs> of that bookstore because it's a really catchy, cute bookstore name. Yeah, that's, a, that's word, a future Adam no. problem. Okay. But I'm fairly certain. If I'm wrong, we can also put that in the show notes. <laughs> <It was laughs> With a picture. Yeah. We're going to have a, that, that will be accompanied by a picture, everyone. So, well, no, I think that you're probably right. And I'm positive that you... I'm positive that I am very capable of forgetting. <laughs> books are magic. Books are books magic. Are magic. Yes, that's the that's her. That's the name of her bookstore. Oh, yes. it's true. It's books true. Are magic. It true. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. And books are magic. Uh, no show notes. Corner of shame for me. <laughs> awesome. Well, all right. I think that should wrap this yeah. episode. It's been a lovely having you on, Leah. Yeah, thank you. you. Come back. Yeah, we should do this more often. It was fun. Thanks for having me.
yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, everyone remember Leo was right. <laughs> Leo was right this time. <laughs> Happy reading. Happy reading. That's it for this edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe and please rate or comment. You'll help others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Kinn and Adam Lopez. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Joel Bonner, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library.